I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings, enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts? Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner east. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend, imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. beautiful dawn this morning I had an opportunity to go out and stand face the east as the sun came up only briefly but through the clouds it was vivid pink it seemed there were rain clouds on the horizon but they mostly seem to be dispersed now that the sun is up. I'm not sure I've ever told you about the space that I go walk and share with you. You can hear the sounds and if you follow the Don Deacon signals online then you've probably gotten a good look at the space many times throughout the changing seasons this morning after I dropped my son off at school I drove through the cemetery that's next to his school I haven't walked there in a long time. When I drove in, I saw the attendants near a large cross digging a hole in the ground with a tractor, putting out the tent and the benches obviously preparing for a burial today. There were a few other 
vehicles at the cemetery that weren't there normally which further indicated that they were preparing to receive family friends and other mourners today as I've mentioned in previous reflections with you is one of those days in this season of grief that our family seems to go through starting in August through the rest of the year last year on this day I was separated from my family as many of you know we'd been devastated by a hurricane and many families were still evacuated mine was one of them I was living in the area some resources had returned my mother had returned to her home and I was in the midst of preparing my home to receive my family there was still much to do oddly enough we'd actually been hit by a second storm only a week or so prior not as devastating mind you but still category one hurricane so there was damage In that week or so prior I had the luxury of being able to evacuate myself up to North Louisiana where my wife and children were staying and my in-laws my wife's mother and father were able to come as well I remember that evening because it rained and rained terribly in the area where we were staying but still it was mostly comfortable and we went to dinner that evening with my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, their friend. We ate at a place called Papa's, which is a bit auspicious as my father-in-law had went by that name. As happens with so many of us as we get older, we adopt the names that the children use my wife calls me daddy's in front of the children and they often called him Papa as well the next morning I packed and came home and headed back so I could assess the damage and I'd left before my father-in-law and mother-in-law 
they had stayed behind to visit with my wife and children. But on this day, last year, at the end of the day, I had decided to go for a walk at another local park with a fountain. I'd not been there since the storm. Storms had come through. It was dusk. The sun was going down and I stood at a shattered tree stump, very large live oak that used to offer shade for the park. And I faced the west and I stood at that shattered tree stump and watched the sun go down and I wept. I remember very clearly the thought that I had as I stood there. I felt like this was the last sunset or the last sunset to be witnessed. Felt heavy and sad. It was an odd thing to think. I've watched many sunsets and sunrises and I've cried many, many times at those events. But it was the thought that it was the last sunset that made it different. There's something particular about it, something deeper than normal. And I went home, visited with my wife on the phone. I knew that I would be seeing her again soon as I'd drive up every weekend to visit them. And I went to bed. At midnight, or around midnight, my phone rang. When your phone rings at an odd hour, it's startling. For me, knowing my family was away, and at that hour, my first inclination was that it was my wife or one of my children. But as my eyes focused in, I saw my mother-in-law's name. And she told me that my father-in-law had had a heart attack and he didn't make it. I don't think I understood immediately having woken from sleep so abruptly and I remember saying, is he okay? And she said, no, he died. Having lost my own father almost six years prior, it was like time played forward. I knew 
what she was going through and what my wife was about to go through and the first thing I asked was does she know and she said no I can't tell her this over the phone and she asked if I would go tell her in person and of course I said yes in that moment I remembered the thought that I felt like I was watching the last sunset and then I also felt a sense of responsibility and duty but at the same time an overwhelming flood of grief to whatever degree I could I regulated my emotions long enough to put clothes on and pack a tiny bag I made coffee because I knew I hadn't slept very long and I had several hours of driving ahead of me through an old road that I've traveled many times to go on retreat for 25 years in fact and beyond that even you see that's space that's a city where my wife and children were seeking refuge it was the same city that I had retreated to so many times the same city that my father-in-law and mother-in-law had spent the weekend with us during the final storm of 2020 and then once I'd been packed the coffee was brewed my cup was poured I fell down on my knees in our room and screamed to heaven and wept and clenched my fists and wept and gritted my teeth and wept and I allowed that grief that I'd been governing so I could accomplish my tasks to flood in I remember thinking how so often I use words to express an idea or to offer a comfort and how death had been such an important part of my spiritual life for so long a deep awareness of it and I remembered the heart chamber that I entered when my own father died and how even though the grief was very palpable visceral and hurt so bad that chamber that I seemed to reside in for those days immediately after his death so I could accomplish what needed to be accomplished to provide a proper memorial 
protected me to some degree. I hoped in that moment that when I speak to, spoke to my wife that she would have a heart chamber to enter a space where she could feel the grief in its proper way but be protected from despair and hopelessness my wife loved her father she loves her father and I knew what I was carrying with me in the vessel of my mind and heart on the coming three hour journey as painful as it would be was one of the most precious things I'd ever carried inside me to anyone but the words in that moment escaped me I thought about the road ahead the old road through the forest pitted and cracked filled with potholes the old road that I traveled in my most depressing moment as a young man road that I traveled to find my salvation the road I traveled to see friends the road I traveled to receive an education the road that was the door to so many things that still matter to this day the road that led to where one of my children was born and now the road of a pallbearer in some regard who's tasked to carry a dreadful message and it hurt it hurt the whole way there I didn't intend on trying to tell you a sad story so I won't tell you anymore about what happened next except to say that I had to hand over what had been given to me and place it in my wife when you bond with someone when they become your companion and your friend and your lifelong partner your love you share so many things you share a home 
if you're blessed to have a home you share joys you share struggles you share easy things and you share hard things we share hopes we share dreams and we share tragedies but one thing I never wanted to do is to have to be the one to hurt my wife my partner my love but I accepted that that was my role to play in this at that time and so I did I had to be the voice that gave her her grief and so she has and she does grieve and memorialize and live with the missing father as I have as many have and as many will continue to do today we memorialize him again while tomorrow is the actual official date carved in stone that marks his death today is the cusp today it begins and so she prepares for the evening to cook a meal that he cooked set things in a nice manner so we can share that meal together so he can be present in our stories and our laughter and in all the things that bonded people share I've talked about him many times different ways and recently I talked about him when I mentioned sharing a small kindness each day you know when he when I first met him my wife and I weren't partners we were just friends we worked at the same company that's how we met and I do recall one day a man coming to the office her office was right across the hall and he came to visit her to pick her up for lunch it was her father I can still see it in my mind he brought her a small pot of tulips he had picked up at a grocery store across the street from the office she introduced her father to me on that day in a friendly way and he shook my hand and was very pleasant at that time 
I could have never imagined that he would be my father-in-law and that his daughter would be my wife never occurred to me it wasn't on the horizon but that's what happened I noticed over the years that my wife had a fondness for tulips I don't know if she always did but based on my recollection I associated them with that particular day when I first met him so yesterday evening around a special lotus pool that's come to mean so much for our, to our family I tilled the earth and created a sacred circle another sacred circle around the existing one and planted tulip bulbs that should arrive or start showing in the spring and now there's a natural marker in the earth that will rise up and greet my wife the same way her father greeted her all those years ago with his bouquet of tulips those things can't replace the missing man no one can replace my father either I've thought many times how different he and I are and while I certainly carry some of his traits and ways in other ways were worlds apart but I think of him often and I memorialize him as well in my own way and through my own actions yesterday I sat out in the failing light with my youngest child and I asked him what memories he had of Papa. What was special to him. And he told me and I listened. And we talked about him. And then I helped him remember things to recall that he perhaps had forgotten because he was so little. And he smiled. I got the sense that while my son misses him, he also feels as though he's not far away. And that's something I can appreciate. The old road through the forest that led me to the old town taught me that. It was my great lesson. There is no death, only a change of worlds. As time has passed, I would say that my mind and heart have even modified that to some degree.
There's no death. There's only life and a change of forms. And perhaps it's both. When the family was planning his memorial, his funeral, I remembered how heavy it was for me planning my own father's memorial and funeral. They were obviously distressed and doing the best they could but still having to make formal decisions, which is so difficult to do in a time of grief. And in fact, I've questioned if the way we have traditionally done things in our culture is actually healthy, but I digress. And so I offered to write his eulogy. I'd written my own father's eulogy, his obituary. And I remembered that it was one of the hardest things to do, to give words to a life, to try to paint a portrait that did justice to the human being, that honored their accomplishments and their love, all their goodness, without shying away from the perhaps less attractive textures that bind all those good things together. And so I entered the heart chamber again and wept and wrote and wept and wrote and paused and wept and wrote again. On the day of his funeral, the pastor of his church asked me if I would read it. I had not prepared for that. I was fine to hide behind the words, behind the prayer cards, to not be front-facing and to simply offer the words up for someone else to read. But he said something to me that was sticky. He said that if someone had written those things about me I would want that person to be the one who said them and spoke them. And he knew my father-in-law. So he said, when I read the words, I told my wife that this person knows him, which was odd to me because I felt ill-equipped separated standing outside of the pain to some degree and honestly didn't feel worthy 
even though I made the offer to take on the task. So I didn't hesitate. And I said I would. And so I did. I choked through it in front of a church bursting at the seams with people to come pay their respects for an honorable and good man that in doing his very best did well in spite of anything he'd faced. In admitting that he was special, I have to admit that everyone is special. In the light of love, all our sins can seem to melt away, and all the goodness, to whatever degree it exists, shines forth. The difficult thing is to do that in our living world in life so I commit to that to whatever degree I can to step forward to do the thing to write the words to say the words and to live the words no matter how often I might fail when I look at these men my father my wife's father I don't see perfect people But in their imperfections, I find hope, actually. Hope that in spite of whatever difficulties I face, that I have a potential to do some good. few days ago I was sitting outside with my wife and we know this day is approaching you can feel it the heart remembers in a way that the mind doesn't and I told her that I accepted my own death a long time ago it doesn't mean I want to be dead I like everyone hope to live long enough to see my children grow in age find stability and love to find something to do to help the world but I know that it may not happen I can do everything I can to not meet the same fate 
same demise as my father or my father-in-law but that isn't an escape hatch that's not a way out or a way through I could turn this microphone off and something could happen unexpected unplanned for and every stone I've laid every path that I've blazed and pushed for could be unfinished and those left behind would scramble to pick up the pieces and I told my wife in a couple of generations I like many would likely be forgotten a name another name of someone lost and I don't say this to be dark I say it because it's true and so if I'm to be forgotten as everyone's destined to be forgotten what can I leave in the ground to grow when I'm gone I know the metaphor is easy to point towards plants and the earth but what can I leave in the ground of the people around me something good and whole and healthy that they can use and pass on no one would ever know where it came from and it doesn't matter in generations something good might blossom create its own seed and spread far and wide we've seen this happen and I hope to see this happen with my own father and my father-in-law in me I want to be good ground whether they know it or not good things live in me things that I hopefully nurture tend to prune but the truth is even when I don't they come back around the tulip beds last night I found growing in the soil old flowering vines small but I'd, I'd pruned them and picked them but somewhere deep down they're still there and they come back and so I'll leave them in some future state no one will know the man whose hands were in the dirt whose sweat watered the soil and it doesn't matter as long as the flowers and vines grow in the sun my mother-in-law told me something very interesting 
during the time of his the planning of his memorial I was visiting with her and I told her on the evening before my father-in-law crossed over about going to the park and standing at the tree stump and watching the sunset and that feeling that it was the last sunset and how it didn't make any sense to me why it felt so strange and she looked at me in my eyes and she said on that evening she and my father-in-law had decided to go sit outside on a swing and watch the sunset together and so they sat and watched it till it sank below the western horizon I take some kind of solace in knowing that my human eyes were witnessing the same sunset with them even though we were separated by miles what does that mean ultimately it only means what I make it to mean if I want it to be practical and useful but I'll never forget the last sunset and tonight as the meal is cooked and the sun goes down I know I'll be thinking of it again what if today were the last sunset and if it's not what will I do with all the days that I have left thank you for walking with me and listening this morning may all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness may all be free from suffering and the causes of suffering may we all rejoice in the well-being of others and may we all live in peace free from greed and hatred Brother Oren Parker is the producer and host of the Don Deacon and the Find the Good News podcast. As a licensed ecumenical minister, he practices universal spiritual accompaniment, offering a brother's ear to fellow seekers. Oren provides baptism, blessing, and union ceremonies, as well as tailored rituals to memorialize special occasions or blessings to sanctify personal spaces. Brother Oren also officiates weddings and funerals. For information or to contact Oren, visit findthegood.news or email oren at orenparker.com.